You're listening to KBPS Portland, otherwise known as KPSU, Portland's college radio station, evenings and weekends at 1450 AM citywide and 24 hours a day at kpsu.org and 98.3 FM on the PSU campus. How's it going? Uh, my name is Austin Rich, and I'm here with uh, Murph, uh, the drummer from Dinosaur Jr., and uh, ask him a couple of questions to talk about the show that's happening at the Crystal at the uh, end of... Uh, uh, this week on Friday, so uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. How's it going in there? Uh, it's going really good. We're in uh, LA tonight. Right. Uh, we're just we've been doing a lot of flying. We just came back from Europe. We're a little burnt, but it's been going pretty good. Right on. That's cool. Uh, it's good to hear that the tour's been going really well. I mean, this is the first time you guys have played together in like fifteen years. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Smashes me 
morning, Portland. This is Austin Rich here on the Church Bless Poof Miss Not Jesus Show, KPSU Portland's College Radio, and uh, doing a little bit of a dinosaur tribute this week. As uh, many of you know, they played uh, Friday at the Crystal Ballroom, and uh, the show was phenomenal. It was really, really, really fun. Uh, for those of us who were like long-term fans, I had long ago given up seeing them. You know, there was all these other side projects and whatnot. I'd never seen the original lineup, uh, even when they were around. Um, when I did see them, it was like 11 years ago, and it was a very, very different kind of scene. So uh, it was really, really fun. It brought back a lot of memories, a lot of good memories. And so uh, I um, decided today I'm going to do a little bit of a tribute show, play some of my favorite dinosaur songs, and uh, cuts from an interview I did with Murph. Uh, on the 17th regarding uh, touring again and being back together as a band. Uh, so it uh, should be a good uh, good show. If you have any requests from the first three Dinosaur albums uh, of the original lineup, uh, give me a call, 503-725-5945. I'm going to try to uh, fit everything in uh, as uh, I can. And uh, we're going to start things off here with a cut off of Bug. This one's called No Bones.
What, what was the inspiration behind getting back together and uh, doing a tour like this? Uh, I don't know. I guess Jay was, he had always planned to, uh, he was planning to put out the first three discs, the first three records, and then um, we just, we got a lot of uh, response from, like, fans and family, um, and we just, we got a lot of, some pretty big offers to do some shows, so it just seemed like it, it was worthwhile to do it. Cool, cool. Yeah, the the reissues on Merge sound great, and uh, it's you know yeah. it was a huge anticipation for me. I was really looking forward to hearing those. So. Yeah, they did a really good job. I was actually pretty impressed with the packaging. Yeah, be good.
been at PSU for six months. I'm broke now, and I haven't met anyone. Well, hey, man, maybe you should check out Student Leaders for Service. I've had enough service learning. How about some service earning? You can apply with Student Leaders for Service. There's student organization that helps build community in direct and meaningful ways. And they can help this poor, starving student out. They offer a G for a stipend and you can earn credit for your work. There's a lot of great people in the SLS and they're all eligible for additional funding from AmeriCorps. Does the SLS work with AmeriCorps? Yes, the SLS work does count with AmeriCorps. Sign me up. Just contact Jay Wallace, J-W-A-L-L-A-C-E, at pdx.edu. Hey there, good people. This is Buck Rothy. Wanna let me take you through an hour of great music on Wednesday nights at 11 p.m.? It's the Bait and Tackle Tabernacle. Woo! Old fashioned rock and roll radio. On KPSU. Good morning, Portland. This is Austin Rich here on the Church Plus Hoofmas Not Jesus Show. Doing a little bit of a dinosaur tribute this week, playing a little bit of an interview I uh, had with Murph the drummer last week, and my favorite dinosaur songs uh, from the first three albums. We started the show off with Little Fury Things. Uh, no Bones was the follow-up to that. Forget the Swan off the very first album. Uh, which hopefully explains why it sounded a little off. Um, And then Bulbs of Passion, that was the B-side to uh, the single that was released off of that first record. Um, The A-side was the song Repulsion, uh, which we'll get to later on in the show. Um, And then Bulbs of Passion was the B-side, which I actually thought was kind of the better song. And in later issues of the first record, you can find that song included at the end, um, which is always a nice little treat. For people who don't want to track down every odd and end <laughs> ever. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to continue on with the theme here, playing some more stuff. Uh, a lot of this, uh, a lot of these songs are called from, a, a, you know, the first three records, but a great entry point um, into Early Dinosaur is a release called Fossils, which has their first three singles on it which I think are, uh, you know, really representative of the band uh, as far as their early sound is concerned. It's only eight songs. You can probably find it for a fairly reasonable price. So that's a good entry point into the band. And uh, up next, we're going to play a cut off of the very first record, or the, or the second record, excuse me. Um, and uh, this song uh, is was, you know, kind of a little bit of a hit back then. Uh, it's called In a Jar. I'll be grazing by your window Please come pat me on the head Just wanna find out what you're
things I always liked about those is that I mean those albums had a huge longevity to them I mean like every year a couple of you know, new batch of kids are rediscovering these records what do you think contributes to that I don't know I guess you know a lot of work was put into them and uh, we just worked really hard um, you know just on on doing them we just you know just put a lot into it I guess that's really cool, yeah. I mean, it comes through in the songs, too. I mean, they're really powerful songs. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
One thing I always liked was that, um, you know, the, the choice of covers that you made on those early records was always really intriguing to me. And I was wondering, like, how were those decisions to play those songs made? Was it kind of spontaneous or was it, you know, planned out or? Uh, yeah, it was really spontaneous, really. Jay just had certain things. It was more just like, oh, that would be funny if we did this kind of thing. It wasn't like a, there wasn't, I don't think there was a lot of thought. It was just like, gee, this would be funny, and we just did it. <laughs> so it was just much more like, hey, I, I figured out how to play this one. Let's let's do it. So yeah, or just yeah, you know, we liked a certain song, so it was like, why not? Yeah, well, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool because I always thought they fell into like the, you know the three songs that I you know like the just like heaven and show me the way and chunks always kind of seem to be like the three aspects of the band. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I can see that. I've never really thought of it that way, but yeah, I could see that. It makes sense. Cool. cool. Yeah.
Check out Street Soldiers every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to noon, and every Friday morning, 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. Only on KPSU. For more information on Street Soldiers, you can catch them on their official website, streetsoldiers.com, or you can dial 1-800-SOLDIER. What's this called? What's this called? What's this called? Tune in Saturdays at noon for What's This Called with your host, Ricardo Wang. What's this called? Experimental music. What's this called? Eclectic music. What's this called? Post-punk noises. What's this called? Ambient. Drone. What's this called? What's this called? And bizarre. What's this called? That's what's this called. What's this called? Saturdays at noon on KPSU. What's this called? What's this called? What's this called? I was kind of curious about uh, how do you feel the current live performances are measuring up to the uh, ones in the 80s? I mean, we have that one record, uh, the J. Lou Murph live record that came out, and that's pretty mm-hmm. much been the only document that I've heard. So how do you feel oh, it I measures? Think it's, way, it's way better now. Oh, really? Now it's like, yeah, it's way more refined, way more powerful. We're better musicians. <laughs> um, J. and Lou have like a way more defined sound just on their setup um you know we have like more stamina we can play longer so i I think it's better if anything that's cool that's really good to hear so yeah the reports have been really positive yeah definitely did you guys play uh portland the first time around or no we have it this will be the first stop on this tour in portland and 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 even in the 80s you guys never played through here or Oh, we did back then, yeah. Oh, okay. It's been, you know, it's been a while. So, been a long time. About 15 years or so. <laughs> yeah. So. No, it should be good. Plus, I heard the Crystal Ball is a pretty cool place to play. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fun venue. It's a bouncy floor and uh, lots of things to look at. So. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Is there any chance that there'll be some new dinosaur material, or is that kind of a pipe dream? Uh, I don't know. You know, right now we're just making it through the summer. We haven't really thought about that yet. We haven't really thought about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess it's too soon to tell right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were never really... Jay doesn't really... We don't, like, plan stuff out that thoroughly or forecast stuff, you know. We just kind of see what happens, so... Yeah. We were it. always pretty loose that way. Yeah. Plan it by year and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cool, cool, cool. But no, it's been going really well. So it's been pretty cool. Nice. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's one of the biggest fears I had of like reunion tours is the bands are just kind of like, oh, we don't really want to do this. And <laughs> it's good to hear. Uh, no, we definitely like, I mean, you know, we, we had like substantial offers and we had like family people really like, oh, you really got to do this. I'd love to see you guys play. So it was definitely like, you know, if we were going to do it, we were going to do it all the way. Right. It wasn't going to be like a half-baked thing. Definitely not. <laughs> Go full out instead of just part way. That's really right. cool. Well, um, I don't want to tie you up to...
Good morning, Portland. This is Austin Rich here on KPSU, the Church of Blessed Hoofmas, not Jesus Show, bringing you a little bit of tribute to Dinosaur, who uh, I got to see the other day uh, at Crystal Ballroom. And it was a really fun show. I have a lot of fond memories of their first three records. Uh, spent most of my uh, post-high school years, uh, you know, just after getting out of high school, uh, just listening to those records endlessly, uh, learning the songs, uh, memorizing the lyrics. Uh, you know, there, there's some good stuff on there. Really, it, it really brought back a lot of memories to be able to see him live. And I had always assumed that I, you know, missed all my chances to see the original lineup. And it was really cool to get a chance to do that. And, uh, and it was really, really cool of Murph to let me do an interview with him over the phone and uh, kind of push the show. So uh, thank you very much dinosaur this is my way of paying you back i'm gonna do a little recap here of what we played we started the show little fury things no bones forget the swan bulbs of passion in a jar repulsion keep the glove cracked sludge feast just like heaven the post live and the lung that live one is from a really cool record that was released called j lou murph a live one it's got some really awesome versions of some of their songs and stuff and if you get a chance to track it down uh, it's really cool. It's really, really fun. Uh, the rest of the stuff came from assorted singles that were released off of the first three records uh, entitled Dinosaur, You're Living All Over Me, and Bug. They were just recently reissued by Merge Records uh, with uh, bonus tracks and extra fun artwork and stuff. So it's a really cool uh, set to find if you can uh, pick it up. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy it. That does it for me this week. I'm going to bail out of here and play one last song here. This is Show Me The Way. But if you ever have any questions or concerns about the show, requests, comments, or anything else that uh, you'd like to know about, don't hesitate to drop an email to austinrich at gmail.com. And thanks for listening very much to KPSU. Uh, we keep the magic alive as best we can.
um, I don't want to tie you up for too long, so I really appreciate you uh, doing the interview. And I cool. uh, just want to you know, remind everybody, Crystal Ballroom, uh, this Friday, they're going to be playing with Love as Laughter and Alaska. Yep. And yeah. It's, yeah, it'll definitely be a good show. It's definitely been really, really fun. Well, yeah. thanks a bunch, Murph, uh, from Dinosaur Junior. Thanks for calling in, and or me calling you. <laughs> and uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, have fun in L.A. tonight, so. You're listening to KBPS Portland, otherwise known as KPSU, Portland's college radio station, evenings and weekends at 1450 a.m. citywide and 24 hours a day at kpsu.org and 98.3 FM on the PSU campus. Good morning, Portland. This is Austin Rich, and you are listening to Live Friday Live Music every week at 5 p.m. This week we have a special treat for you. Uh, the mini bosses have stopped in and they're going to pick out some songs that they're influenced by, play a few cuts from their other previous recordings, and then preview a new song that they just finished in the studio. So it's going to be a pretty cool uh, little show here. Uh, so in the meantime, I'm going to start things off with a, recording, a live recording they have of their song Ninja Gaiden. So here we go.
Okay, Portland, that was the mini bosses doing a rendition of their Ninja Gaiden song. That was from a live recording that they were kind enough to uh, uh, donate to the cause in the show. And we have them here today in uh, the studio. How are you guys doing in there? Good. good. Awesome. Very good. Thanks. Very uh, awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, so I guess a, a round of uh, introductions is in order at this point. So uh, I'm John. I play guitar. Uh, my name's Ben. I play the bass. My name's Matt. I play the drums. My name's Aaron. I also play guitar, like John. So the, wait, two guitars. Mm-hmm. You know it. Wow. That I guess you know that's a, that's a lot of rock to handle sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Some sometimes we could use another three guitars. I think. <laughs> There's moments where you're like, okay, how many parts am I playing at once? Well, I just <laughs> like to take a break myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's really not the complication of the song. It's just you're lazy. Aaron's just really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get a beer mid set. Right. Or sparks. Hold on. Oh, Sparks. Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing that was uh, pretty common at the shows. So. Yeah, very common. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So um, uh, mostly you guys are in town for uh, this uh, show at Ground Control. That is correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. Excellent. And uh, do you know who all is playing on the bill? And uh, you want to fill us in on the show? It's uh, just mini bosses and Necronauts. Necronauts? Yeah, yeah the Necronauts are a band from uh, Phoenix like us. Um, and they came up with us, uh, just a rock and roll band. They're unbelievably awesome. They're really jamming. Yeah, they're great. So cool, cool. And, and so, so you guys booked this whole tour, you guys yourselves, and just you know. yeah, it's just a short two show thing. After this, we go up to Seattle tomorrow night um, to play at the Penny Arcade Convention, and that's it. Just this show, and and tomorrow night. Just two shows. Wow. Yeah. So, well, it seems like a pretty decent, you know, tour starting out. I mean, you guys are still kind of fresh when it comes to touring, right? We're, uh, that's pretty typical for us is to do one weekend kind of shows where, in the case of this weekend, uh, Penny Arcade is helping us get out here a lot. So that's like the the big reason for us coming out. And then we really like Ground Control, so we're able to work that into the bill, too. Uh, I don't know if all the listeners know, Ground Control is a really awesome arcade in downtown Portland. Yeah, uh, and they also put on shows and serve beer after seven. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's a uh, it's a pretty great place. Yeah. So I'm always happy to go there to play some of the games there and playing shows there. We played there was it a year and a half ago? Yep. And it was really it was a great show then. It was really fun. Yeah, so we were excited to come back. It's hard to get these weekend shows are pretty common for us. It's hard to do long tours as we all have day jobs and. It's hard to coordinate all our time off, and sometimes there's weddings and things that people have to attend. Right, so. right. Yep. Right. You're not always uh, <laughs> able to, you know, go and do, like, the full rock band treatment when, you know, you have a real life. Right. We're right. hoping to do that pretty soon. Do the real rock band treatment? Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Not have real lives, actually. Yeah. <laughs> You're just ready to drop out of the real world. I want to live in a world of, of pure imagination. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We will. We will, in fact, actually. Cool, cool. Well, I had a couple of questions here I wanted to ask. Um, I, w- one of the things that I thought was you know interesting is that, I mean, you guys are pretty much the forerunners on this uh, like you know, video game rock band uh, kind of thing, because... I, b- I believe, if, if I was correct, it was like the Genova Project was the the first band. Uh, yeah, Matt and and I were in a band called Genova Project. Ben was in it too. He he provided us with some vocal talents briefly towards the end. Yeah, I facilitated their breaking up. 
<laughs> you were the uh, the Yoko that got involved? Or? Totally. Uh, and I'm winning now in the mini bosses. <laughs> uh, so, but I, but so uh, just to get the history right here, I mean, that was like what 1997 that you guys started doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you really got a pretty good history on this going for you guys, because I mean, like now it's kind of there's a lot of bands that are cropping up that are uh, you know trying to do a similar thing and. I mean, like, is that a sore spot for you guys, or are you comfortable with that? Or? No, we we like a lot of the other bands. Yeah, it's great. There's a lot of other bands that are amazing. We're big fans of uh, Advantage, the Advantage, Generic, Neskimos. Uh, Neskimos are playing tonight at Penny Arcade. Um, who else is there? Power Ups. Vert's remixes. Yeah, Vert. Man, I love Vert's yeah, remixes. Vert's Vert is the guy who... Uh, his day job is writing Game Boy music, but before he did that, he was a serious uh, mod tracker. So he would do some crazy arrangements of stuff. Everybody's got a different take on it. It's it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. The, the mod trackers—that's kind of an older. Like I'm not sure if people really know much about that. Do you want to tell people what a mod tracker? Sure. I mean, mod. Tra- I mean, the easiest way to explain it maybe is a lot. Most people are pretty familiar with like MIDI. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a a very much expanded version on that, where the actual sounds that you use in the in the mod are within the mod file itself. So uh, basically, what it, you end up getting is uh, really good sounding stuff that you can put together entirely on your computer without having to use any real instruments. But the interfaces for doing mod tracking are very difficult to use, or historically have been very difficult to use. So usually, the people who get good at mod tracking are pretty elite as they say right well yeah. i mean it's like streams of numbers almost when you're watching it if i remember correctly right yeah it's yeah. the user interface is not it's graphical not, it's so not it's, friendly yeah i think i remember fooling around with those in like the early 90s and just kind of looking at it like people write music this way yeah and most of the community is pr- not terribly interested in showing other people how to do it so it's or at least they weren't in the past. But mm-hmm. Bird is one of the... He's incredible. He's the premiere. So this is kind of like a... I mean, like, he actually writes video game music, and then he plays in a band where he does covers of his own songs. Is that how... Well, no, he... Uh, he'll. He, well, he started off just doing remixes of stuff back in the day, mm-hmm. um, just doing using the mod tracker and stuff. And then as he went on, he would... Uh, he decided he needed to make money, but he didn't really want to do... Uh, anything but make more music. So uh, he's he's totally a uh, a video game music commercial artist, I guess. Wow. And he, he's pretty interesting. He gives he's given he's been at the Magfest Mid Atlantic Gamers Festival a couple of times mm-hmm. and given presentations on what it's like to be a game music composer. And uh, interestingly enough, I don't think he gets a lot of creative uh, satisfaction out of it because he really has to kind of do whatever they tell them to do. Yeah, they're pretty strict on that kind of stuff. It's like yeah. you have to have it be this long and this kind of emotion and on and on and on. Yeah, like, and they're big on deadlines. <laughs> like he's a big procrastinator. <laughs> totally. I he know. Just, he writes the whole soundtrack basically the night before it's due. Of course, you know. It's like you sit there having fun and then the next day you got to turn it in. So. The ultimate homework assignment. <laughs> and he's still raking in the cash. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I know that there was a little bit of a controversy. I, I, there was, I think it was in the Wired article where um, the Neskimos were uh, giving you guys crap for not doing uh, Mario Brothers songs. Yeah. And they were just messing around pretty much. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they started a whole thing, and then it was kind of a joke. 
Oh, okay, I see. A it, lot but, of people thought it was really serious. <laughs> well, it, the article kind of made it out like, you know, they were kind of upset. It was, it was, there's something like akin of like being in a cover band and not doing Louie Louie or something. Yeah, yeah. What well, I don't remember the, the I mean, analogy no, used, but uh, yeah, it was. The, the writer also thought it was serious. So. The writer, I think that was part of what actually initially attracted the writer to us was the ridiculousness of a grudge between fellow Nintendo cover bands. Right. And meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, you guys are sitting there just laughing because you're just like, oh my gosh, look at this. Yeah, well, we didn't know if the Eskimos were joking or not at first, but when we actually met them for the first time, we, it was confirmed. We were pretty sure. <laughs> Excellent. Pretty sure. That's kind of funny. You know, those are like the little things where you can almost kind of, you know, I mean, you're working here in this underground in music and whatnot, so you can kind of like pull pranks on the bigger media that are just not entirely sure what it is you guys do. Yeah, you just, I don't know, you can't take, if you're taking things too seriously while you're in a video game tribute <laughs> band, you're, uh, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a problem somewhere, and yeah. Well, would uh, you want to? We have a new recording here that you guys are going to preview. So, do you want to talk about this a little bit before we start it? Um, sure. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, it's new. It's new. <laughs> we just finished um, all the recording for our new album uh, over three sessions over what seemed like eight years or so, <laughs> and uh, it was really only ten months. Was it dog years? Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. It was long, long, long years. <laughs> so that's going to be coming out pretty soon. And this uh, song that we brought is, uh, surprisingly enough, Super Mario 2. Finally. So now, now the Neskimos can't have a real beef with us. Oh, I, I bet they're happy about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to play a little bit of this and be right back with more mini-bosses.
around 5.30ish, but we don't have to. Okay, this was uh, the Super Mario 2 uh, song from the forthcoming Mini Bosses recording that will be available soon. So, how are you guys doing in there? Good. Pretty good. Good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. I'm I'm digging it. So, I I think that um one of the things I've always found interesting in all of the like press and reviews and whatnot that I read about you guys is that uh people always seem to focus on the shtick. They're always like, "Oh, they're a video game band," and then that's kind of where people leave it. And I don't think enough people actually, you know, talk about the music itself because yeah, I mean. It's not easy songs to play, <laughs> you know. Cryer's a little bit of, of uh, you know, prowess on, you know, the instruments. So. Yeah, yeah. They, they can be tough. Yeah, I, I think you're right to an extent that they don't, they focus more on the shtick and the novelty. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I do think, too, that video game music has now started to garner more attention because of the whole remix genre and everything and just I've, video games themselves have become so much more mainstream in the last couple yeah. of years yeah well, so there's a lot more attention on the music now which is good because it used to be just like an afterthought yeah yeah well i mean it was like you know the original first wave of them was just more to have like you know something there it wasn't to like oh let's write a you know spectacular 8-bit you know track or something like that yeah i think when new game developers when they when they're making their game they know oh well our music is going to be they know the music's going to be judged so they spend a little more time on it than mm-hmm. well most of them do i hope chris now you get stuff like prince of persia 2 coming out with the most terrible freaking sloth metal soundtrack <laughs> i've ever heard in my life what is it it's like new metal oh it's so bad stuff. dude Ugh. So, uh, Prince of Persia 2 was the game on that one? Oh, it's there. there's a lot of new games that just kind of hire a mediocre band to come in and play some genre for them, and it's just bad. So right. is it one of those kind of like top 40 mentalities where they think, oh, this band is suddenly getting some limelight? Yeah, or so. like all the EA games nowadays have a lot of like uh, artist tracks on them of a lot of pretty mu- usually pretty much B artists, and it's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I greatly prefer the original compositions they used to have. Is there like a particular uh, you know video game uh, re- composer that you're fond of, or is it just you know kind of whoever? Man, that's a good question. Yeah, there's a few. James Banana. Yeah, yeah he did that's Castlevania. The Castlevania composer. Mr. Banana. The, that's pretty sure that's not his real name, but that's the original Castlevania from. Yeah, for yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like Hif Tanaka for old stuff. He did Metroid, uh, Kid Icarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Koji Kondo. He did Zelda. I like whoever they hire for all the Capcom soundtracks. <laughs> Mega Man Two music is uh, awesome. Yeah. They had they had some stellar work for Capcom. There was some good stuff yeah. on there. Yeah, Capcom's really a serious company. Yeah, Capcom's they're good good folks. Do you, do you do you think that at the time they actually were conscious of that with making their games? They're like, okay, the, the, these are gonna last or. Well, I don't know about lasting, but I think they definitely... Some companies put effort into it, and some companies didn't. It was kind of... I think Nintendo probably was kind of the graduation from one developer sitting in the basement making a game into actually having project teams. And when they... Companies like Capcom who took it pretty seriously probably really assigned people to the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just put a lot of TLC into it, and that's why they're still around. And a lot of companies that didn't, they just skimp out on any portion of the game. Right. Yeah. And just fall by the wayside. Well, because prior to that, I mean, I think Nintendo was one of the... Because, like, I think before that we had, like, you know, Ataris and Colecos and stuff like that, and the games were kind of, like, by the company, if I'm not mistaken. Like, for the most part, you didn't have other companies writing games for 
the um, machine itself. Well, there were some third parties. I mean, it was not as prevalent as it was. Nintendo was the first video game system to, I guess, really explode that hard. But or mm-hmm. since the Atari uh, collapse, anyway. Right. <laughs> since they collapsed. So yeah. Um. Excellent. <laughs> I'm getting into a deep conversation here about Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay yeah. with well, a bunch of late twenty-year-olds. Right. Yes, nerds. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the other thing I was wondering about this too. Like, what was the initial uh, attraction? Was it just that you know, you knew the song so well, or was there something else? I mean, was it you know what was it about the songs that you wanted to learn how to play them? We, I think we kind of thought it would be funny at first, like. I don't know. I remember Aaron and I sitting in his bedroom talking about playing them in a band, and Aaron had done it already with Genova Project some, and we were listening to the music from some of the Nintendo games that we really liked because both of us are pretty big video game fans, mm-hmm. and uh, we just started to kind of go through the realization of how awesome some of it sounded, and started to think how awesome some of it could sound if you put it all through real instruments and stuff. So was learning to play guitar kind of before you, you you knew how to play guitar and then this idea came up, or was it more of a the other way around? Uh, it's kind of a little of both. I kind of learned how to play guitar a little bit from just trying to figure out video game songs, but not and I but I didn't learn guitar just to play them. I also yeah. liked early Metallica and Led Zeppelin and and stuff like that so I also wanted to just I liked rock music and I wanted to play rock cool and then after that I'm like oh wait I really like video games (laughs) (laughs) for me I played guitar before but the only reason I started playing bass was because uh Aaron was going to play guitar, so we needed someone to play bass of the songs. And the bass lines for a lot of the video game tracks were really challenging and fun. So I was kind of excited for that aspect of it, too. That's another thing I was thinking, is that, like, you know, in learning these songs and whatnot, you realize how complex a lot of the compositions are. They're not, you know. Yeah, no, a lot of the games have, I mean, it's really thoughtful composition. Mm Mm-hmm that maybe didn't get as but maybe not enough people paid as much attention to as maybe deserved but a, most people subliminally at least definitely paid a lot of attention to it because you can see when they hear it for the first time even if they haven't played games in a while they're like oh i know that and then, <laughs> well it's funny because like i played you know stuff uh for friends of mine who weren't video game fans who didn't grow up with a lot of the nintendo stuff and i mean they just love the music. They're like, "Oh my gosh, this is like great, like rock stuff," you know. And and uh, it, it, when you kind of tell them that, there it's almost like the jaw drops. Yeah. You see it kind of. Do you ever run into that a lot with fans where like they yeah. suddenly have this? We had one guy come up to us after a show and telling us that we were ripping off King Crimson. We we're like, <laughs> yeah. "No, we're ripping off Nintendo." Sorry. <laughs> it's a completely different thing. <laughs> they were sitting there going like, "Oh, Nintendo ripped off King Crimson." Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's not that comparison I wouldn't have seen made, you know, uh, very often. That seems pretty. Yeah, some of the hokier songs have maybe a little more comparison to yeah, weird, like Ninja mm-hmm. Gaiden and stuff like that. Not mm-hmm. so much stuff like Super Mario Brothers too. Right, right. Well, uh, you guys have another song here queued up. Uh, uh, do you want to m- mention this? This was all from a live uh, recording that you guys put together and released. Do you want to just mention what that was about? Or? Uh, this one's Double Dragon, and it's from the CD that we did called Live at the Middle East, where we played a show live at the Middle East in Boston. <laughs> and uh, it, it actually came out really good, and we decided to put it out. Um, and... Uh, the song is really short and it sounds really nice. Cool, and you can uh, get 
like you can order this stuff from you guys on the website, right? Yes. Which is www.minibosses.com. Excellent, excellent. So uh, this is Double Dragon, and uh, this is the Mini Bosses. the mini bosses again i'm gonna run a quick commercial here and then we'll be right back with a little bit more from them so stay tuned are you feeling lost and confused can't find meaning in a meaningless universe are you wandering through a spiritual void worried that you'll spend your days alone in a godless world don't Don't worry worry. you're not alone Tune in to the Church of Blasphemous Not Jesus Hour every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Listen as yet another Pope, Austin Rich, spins songs preaching individual perception of the world around you and the gospel of the Newt Estimate. Witness as Pete and Ed deliver unto you soulful doses of rock, pop, noise, punk, and indie. Transubstantiate into the meaningful person you've always wanted to be with garage, psych, metal, synth, math, emo, and moog. Or just tune in to hear our path to Earl. The Church of Blast Foofness, Not Jesus Hour, with yet another Pope, Austin Rich. Tuesdays from 4 to 6 p.m. You're already a fan, you just don't know it yet. 1450 KPSU, Portland's College Radio. Ah. up portland psu we got a new chess club going on mondays 12 30 to 2 30 in the smith center it'll either be in room 229 or room 329 you should come check it out <laughs> jack get it <laughs> all right good morning portland this is austin rich here on kpsu's live friday show live music every week at 5 p.m. And this week we have uh, the mini bosses here. And how are you guys doing in there? Very good, thank you. Excellent. And uh, I have a special guest interviewer here uh, that uh, is going to ask you a couple of questions and whatnot. This is uh, our very own DJ Dutan. He does an all video game music show. 
Oh, sweet. That's right. Yeah. But as of... Oh my gosh, I can't hear myself. <laughs> As of late, I haven't had much to play, but it sounds like you guys got some new material coming out soon here. Yeah, we have a new CD that should be up by the end of the year. Great. Great. Sounds good. Yeah. I um, I had some questions for you. There's, well, doing the video game show, I do a lot of like actual video game tracks, but I've been looking for bands like you guys. And so far, looking on the internet, you know, there's like, I've seen the Neskimos, I've seen the mini bosses, and I've seen the Advantage. Now, what do you guys think of like some of your competition out there? Do you guys are you influenced by some of them, or do you think you know you got a rivalry going on, like they're copying your style mm-hmm. or something like that? I, I think I don't think we're really influenced by any of them, no. um, and I don't think any of them are copying. Our, I think there's pretty unique styles between most of them that are out, and uh, right, we like most. Of, I mean, we listen. The one I listen to the most is probably Generic, which is the pre-advantage okay it's advantage basically but they're uh you know the latest advantage album is uh these some distortion on the guitars and stuff right generic it was mostly uh clean tone yeah sounded really good sounded really good Mm -hmm. really really wow well that's great uh i had another question too but uh i think we'll pass it over (laughs) to our real host here for a second (laughs) well i was just kind of curious i mean if you oh yes yeah like i i like the one thing i noticed is i mean you're you're playing like a lot of video game stuff on your show right like what what um what was the you know there, inspiration you just, for like you know well you just jog my memory because i you guys look look a little older kind of coming in you started probably with the nes as your main machine right i'm i kind of came at the end of that and came up more with the playstation where i really got into like the super you know gaming mode and I'm, I've been playing a lot more of that music in that genre, but what do you guys think of that music in as far as covering that stuff? Or do you think maybe since, you know, going from 8-bit sound to, like, you know, now everything's, you know, 16-bit or whatever, you know, it's like, what do you guys think about doing some new stuff? Like so that? we have to talk about the, uh, the best PlayStation soundtrack and that Symphony of the Night. Oh, and Castlevania, we, right? We yeah. probably wouldn't cover any of that because I just don't think there's much we could add to any of it. And the... Yeah, and with four people, it's really hard. That's I mean, Nintendo lends itself really well to that. There's, uh, there's right. basically four parts, but with some of the PlayStation stuff, there's just basically literally symphonies playing this stuff. And right, yeah, it's hard to compete. Yeah, yeah. T- totally. So, But I like a lot of those soundtracks, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Of them there's are. some absolutely terrible yeah. ones, too, like we oh, were talking yeah. about it's before. <laughs> yeah, But um, there's... Symphony of the Night is one of the most amazing soundtracks for video games. All the Final Fantasies. Yeah. So, so as, as you know, Americans, it's kind of hard to get access to actual recordings of this stuff. You know, unless you're just playing to the, you know, playing the game over and over again to figure out the stuff. Do you guys actually have a library of stuff you bought or downloaded of actual video game soundtracks? We just use uh, emulators or tools oh, right. to get the uh, sound files out of them. I the, I have a lot of soundtracks I I bought just imported. Nice. I have pretty much all the Final Fantasy soundtracks. Um, Symphony of the Night. I think you have that too, don't you, Ben? Yeah. Um, Chrono Cross. Great nice. soundtrack. Now, as far what about branching out into not just video games but computer games? Because I've been playing uh, stuff off the Doom soundtrack, like the old MIDI stuff. You know, yeah. that's that's definitely could be convertible because it's kind of got this you know lower quality sound. And I've been play, playing some of those tracks, and they're pretty rocking. Man, there's a lot of people who would love it if we did that. Yeah, um, I but think the, it's something um, you could take on there. For us, though, right now there's so many, there's so much good Nintendo music still out there that we're just kind of keeping our sights 
we have a hard enough time bickering about which game to do next. <laughs> yeah. If we expanded the options, it would just make it that much worse, yeah. I think. What's to do with sports medley next? That's that's my opinion. Yeah, so maybe maybe one day, but not terribly soon. I was very curious, what's the biggest uh, uh, argument you've had so far about what not to do or what to do? It's usually, we never usually disagree about whether or not to do something. It's usually just the order to do right. it in. It's which one will we do next? Because some of us have pretty strong opinions. I know uh, Aaron was really pushing us hard to do Kid Icarus for a while. So we just Ooh. recently gave in to that demand. We're going to do the sports medley next. The sports, yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah, now Matt's you see Matt is ready to medley. kick our ass if you we don't really do Blades do of Steel. <laughs> well, the, the sports medley is kind of interesting because there was a lot of Nintendo games that had sports, like uh, I'm trying to, like 10 Yard Fight, and Tecmo Bowl, Tec- Tecmo Bowl, Bowl and Blades of Steel, yeah. Double Pro Double. Wrestling. Yeah. I've heard some requests out there for Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Some people are doing some covers of that, but... Yeah, we have mm-hmm. a recording of Mike Tyson's... Oh, they do? Okay, oh then we maybe don't have it released, do we? Uh, it's on the mm-hmm. live CD. Oh, yeah, we have a live oh, version oh, of it. Nice. But we have a studio version of it coming that'll be on this new album. Cool. Very nice. It's jamming. Now the the other thing I was you know we mentioned it briefly about like some of the other music you listen to. I mean, like obviously, not everything uh, is going to be an influence through video game music. Like, what are the other some of the other kind of bands that you feel touch on what you guys do musically and whatnot? Just mm. go round table or yeah yeah anything yeah. Uh, the Oxes. Mm, mm-hmm, champs, mm-hmm. I love the, the champs. F and champs. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Franking champs. Yeah. I used to listen to tons of Queen as a kid uh, in early Metallica, Iron Zeppelin. Maiden. Yeah, that, that is definitely like elements of of all that in uh, in in like oxes and champs and whatnot. Uh, we love the sound of harmonized guitars. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. Yeah. 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 Mr. Bungle. Yeah, you know, I was, I was wondering if you guys are Bungle fans because they they huh. did uh, they they did video game covers. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so. They did. RBI baseball. They did, which was great. Nice. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> it's like a whole medley of theirs, isn't it? Like yeah, different, yeah. They do some Super Mario stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you guys are pulling a lot of influences from you know all over the place here. It's not you know. I mean, like, it sounds like the the record collections here are pretty diverse. Yeah, I listen to, I mean... Yeah, I think we all listen to a wide variety of stuff. I mean, given that we're in a video game tribute band, I mean, we're not really afraid to listen to anything. Mm -hmm. So there will be plenty of odd CDs in all our collections. Have you guys been approached at all by, or, or thought of maybe marketing yourselves to actual video game developers to record soundtracks or something like that you know for you know they're doing a lot of remixes of you know the old nintendo games and releasing them for playstation maybe you could do like updated soundtracks you know yeah so nintendo i think is afraid of making any sort of legal affiliation with us because i don't think i don't really know why but i think they just want to keep their legal options available if in case we ever did make a lot of money or something right Mm -hmm. but they've Uh been pretty cool like they they had us in a show they brought us to a show in mexico city uh, but they were really nice to us and stuff. They, um, so they're very, they're highly aware of, of yeah, they know yeah. what's going on, and no, I think yeah. they see it as flattery. But I think just their legal department isn't letting them get mm-hmm. involved. Okay. Wow. The um, the advantage was just a Nintendo Power. Yeah. So no way. Like exactly. a full page article on them. Yeah. So, so wow. Are you a subscriber? Yeah. Yeah. I used to be. 
Uh, how's it going? Lizzie? I'm just EGM now, personally. <laughs> um, it's not as good as the golden days. Oh. You know, like the first six issues. <laughs> right, and right. Then you get in on the fifth issue. Oh, so good. <laughs> the first six issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you almost pulled one of those like indie rock moves there too, where you're like, Yeah, I like the early stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same like, in video games, man. <laughs> it's kinda like that Oxus C D where it's you see it's a second printing and it says second print way to jump on the bandwagon <laughs> <laughs> they were you know they were quite an incredible show i have to say just putting yeah, that they're out great there, right? showman there's yeah. no question about that seen them yeah. in Austin this we year. saw oh, them yeah. three times in yeah South by southwest three mm-hmm. times in four days we saw them. it was amazing oh the yeah finale, they three different shows yeah. completely and different then, and then the following tuesday they came to phoenix we went to that show too oh yeah amazing it was great yeah, yeah, great band. They yeah. reenacted part of a uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh, that was One amazing! Was amazing. <laughs> Throwing a few blocks down a hillside during the show. Oh, wow! It's uh, it was great. The the last time I saw them, they were in this tiny little uh, like you know really really small all ages club that was kind of standing room only, and so you know how they walk to wander around through the crowd. Um, they were having to like kind of push their way almost because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's no room for them to move around. <laughs> in the first show we saw in South by Southwest, um, they had a guy carrying uh, oh. one of the guitarist's guitar heads. Yeah, kind of like the Oscar the Grouch. So he, he had plugged- literally like a two-foot cord, and this guy <laughs> had to follow him around the venue. He just walked around, and it was pretty deep. Wow. <laughs> dude, though. Yeah. That's that's intense. Yeah. It was it was kind of crazy. Guy in the Boy Scout uniform. Yeah. It was a chocolate yeah. party. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, uh, I definitely want to plug uh, the show again because you guys are uh, Ground Control tonight. Right. And uh, the what the other band was Necronauts. 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 Excellent. And they're they're local from where from Phoenix as well, from right? Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. Well, they rock. We play a lot of shows with them. They're great. Excellent. And um, would you say that they're kind of, uh, they, it's all original songs that they do, right? Yes. Yeah. What, and what kind of more genre? Um, it's hard to say. It's yeah. it's very rock and roll. Uh, maybe a little bit of funk in there. Mm-hmm. Um, all excellent musicians. Um, and they put on a great show, too. Good, good showman. Cool. And then if you stick around uh, later at Ground Control, you can play video games. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they have an awesome selection. They have a whole pinball parlor in the, the second floor. Awesome. We've just been playing pinball nonstop. And you can, you can yes. play during the show, but we don't. Agree. Yeah, we don't recommend that at <laughs> Please all. Please pay attention. Because <laughs> so, we'll, we'll stop and play and make you watch. What, so you say Joust is probably your big... Uh, uh, what you were going there for? Was there any other games? Oh, that... they, there's a whole bunch of games there that are awesome. Uh, Joust, um, Centipede, what's it called? Galaga, uh, Gyrus, Crystal Castles, Crystal Castles. Mm-hmm. The um, all the pinball games are really good. Yeah, they have the Star Wars Vector Arc game. Yeah. Oh, so good. The the Tron one, I remember very vividly as a kid. I had to walk about a half a mile to the nearest place that had video games to play that. And uh, you know, every day that I could, I would make this walk up there, and that was probably you know like seven or eight or nine. So it seemed like you know forever to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I up both ways, I guess. It's mm-hmm. worth it. That's what you tell your great. grandkids. Well, yeah, when I tell my grandkids, though, it's gonna be like ten miles, and the graphics are gonna be worse. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, but there was only one button, and it barely worked. So cool. Well, I have a little recording here that a friend of mine did that I'm gonna play here. This is like a deconstructed uh, Legend of Zelda song that he did. Cool. Uh, it's called uh, Triforce of Boom. Uh, but don't forget to uh, you know check out the mini bosses tonight. It's uh, it, it will it will prove to be. 
an excellent show.
Hey, how you doing? This mini boss is back in the studio. We're going to be taking off now. We'll be playing at Ground Control tonight. Our show starts at 9. Uh, there is a cover charge. It is the mini bosses. That's us. And the Necronauts. We're from Phoenix. Um, we're going to be taking off now, but I really wanted to play the song before we left. Uh, I'd like to dedicate it to my friend Donald and Wizard Combat. So here it is. Pure Imagination. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the chocolate room. Come with me and you'll be In a world of pure imagination Take a look and you'll see Into your imagination We'll begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation what we'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it. Want to change the world There's nothing to it Life I know to compare with pure imagination Living there you'll be free If you truly wish to be Simply look around and view it Anything you want to do it Want to change the world There's nothing to it 
life I know To compare with pure imagination Living there You'll be free If you truly Good morning, Portland. This is Austin Rich here on KPSU's live Friday show, live music every week at 5 p.m. And we had the mini bosses in here earlier uh, talking about their songs and playing a couple of tracks and just uh, having a good time in general. Um, and uh, we featured a song by Crandroid, the Friendly Robot, the uh, Legend of Zelda deconstruction remix. Uh, so it was uh, quite fun there. If you ever have any questions or comments about the show, do not hesitate to drop an email to austinrich at gmail.com, and I will happily set you up with information about how to get on the show, how what we played, and all that good stuff. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, next week we're going to have uh, Shame Lady come in and uh, play some stuff. It's kind of like a metal-y, hardcore-y kind of thing. So it should be good. I'm going to round out the hour here with a track by The Oxes. And uh, take care, Portland. Be seeing you.
You are listening to KPSU, Portland's College Radio, 98.3 FM on the Portland State University campus and worldwide at www.kpsu.org. KPSU, Portland's College Radio.